every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 64th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad that you're with us. And as glad as I am that you're with us, I'm also a little sad because my normal co-host, Ken Watmore, is not with me. Now, that is somewhat on purpose, although I've just enjoyed Ken's company so much that uh, it's always nice to have him with me. And, you know, I did want to just do a solo episode of the Made for Missions podcast, mainly because about two months ago, I made my first trip ever to India. And I wanted just to give you all a little bit of maybe three or four kind of impressions that I had. As most of you know, uh, my ministry heritage is in China. I can't even count now how many times I've been back and forth from the United States to China. Actually, my wife, uh, Sherry, and I lived in China for a time while I was doing full-time language study. And, uh, you know, in this season of my life, I'm uh, now using some of the experience that I've gained in China, hopefully to be a benefit to what God is doing around the world. And uh, I had the invitation to teach at a Bible college in India and uh, jumped on it because I'd always wanted to go there. And so that's where this starts. This episode starts. I thought I'd give you a little bit of background. So I have a good friend that runs a ministry and they're doing things along the Silk Road and involved now in uh, doing some theological training, which many of you know, I've also had a real deep heart for theological training. And so I had in my home church here in Denver, I had done a men's Bible study series called The Six Marks of a Disciple of Jesus. And uh, actually, you can listen to the audio of those messages if you go to my personal website at mikefalkenstein.com forward slash ascent. This Bible study was called the Ascent Men's Bible Study, and so you can actually listen to those if you had any interest to do so. (laughs) And so my friend was at the teaching opportunity that he had. They were doing a whole series on discipleship, and certainly before you can be a disciple, before you can make disciples, you have to be a disciple of Jesus. And so he said, hey, come and teach these uh, six marks of a disciple to these students. And so I didn't, it didn't take me a lot of convincing because I, for a long time, have wanted to go to India. And so we were in the capital of New Delhi and boy, I had a great trip. I had a really great trip. One interesting sort of, maybe the first observation that I'll give is how similar the city of New Delhi was to a lot of cities in China to the point where I, I went, did they hire 
Chinese contractors to build this subway and to build these roads and these sidewalks. I mean, it looked identical. So that was kind of a wild deal because you think you're going to a whole other country, a very different country, the country of India. And then obviously it, uh, a lot of it seemed the same. And so there were a couple of things that I learned that I thought you, that y'all would, would find interesting about India. Of course, this is just kind of my firsthand experience. And the first thing that you hear now is how much persecution the Christian church in India is now facing. Coming back home after hearing some of this and doing a little reading, apparently the president of India is a Hindi of the Hindi religion, Hindu religion, and he now has made it a lot harder for the people of India to be Christians. In fact, I had heard several firsthand stories of Indians actually telling me that if you want to switch religions, so if you're Hindu and you've come to know Christ and you want to be a Christian, you actually have to get approval from your local government. You actually have to apply for this change, which I I just thought was so interesting. And so certainly that's a prayer request for all of us, right? That for those who are doing ministry in India, for those who are Indian and who are Christians, boy, let's all just commit to praying for these people because clearly they need it. And clearly things are only going to continue to get worse, which by the way, is interesting for me because as a American, at least praying, God, what is it that you want to do through my life and through our ministry in India? Things are actually getting harder. As an um, example of that, many of you are familiar with the Ministry of Compassion International, and Compassion has had a huge impact in India. So they've done all of the child sponsorship, all of the building orphanages, all of the, a lot of stuff with kids, but then they've kind of tag teamed that with Boy, if we're going to be in a country, let's support the local church and let's actually build it up, help help to build it up so that as people come to know Christ through our ministry, we can be pointing them to local churches, which good on you. You can't see what I'm doing right now, but I'm giving a big thumbs up to uh, the compassion folks. And because of this Hindi-led government, the Ministry of Compassion has just decided, in fact, I just read it on the internet the other day, to completely pull out of India. They've gone through all the talking to Indian lawyers, what can we do? But in terms of foreign organizations involved in India, there's a real crackdown right now. There's a real sense that it's just becoming harder. So I guess all I can say is, Lord, work that out, however it is that you want to work that out, because uh, not just for us, we're new. You know, if we if we came into India, 1-8 Catalyst, we'd be brand new. We'd just be kind of cutting our teeth on, hey, is there just anything that we can be doing and ways that we can be involved? But the prayer request really would be not just for us. In fact, yeah, much more for those who for a long time have been involved. I know World Vision is still there. I know a lot of other ministries are there. And so, you know, that was interesting. To contrast that, and I'll make this my last point before uh, we ask, before I ask my good friend Tom Muller to say a few words, contrast that with the absolute and utter opportunities and needs for 
anyone that has a heart to be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission of India's some 2,560 some odd people groups that are within that nation's border, 2,062 are still considered to be unreached or unengaged. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, that, that'll make you salivate to, you know, because like, you know, with our ministry, we in our, in our mission statement, right, we state that we exist to see God use us globally to finish the task of the Great Commission. And so, yeah, that is Great Commission work. You know, 2,000 people groups out of a country's 2,500 are considered to be unreached. So for those of you that are not familiar with Indian geography, capital of New Delhi is in the northern half of the country. So that's where we were. And just as an example, we had one day where we went from New Delhi to the city of Agra, which is where the Taj Mahal is. And uh, it was kind of our one day. Uh, we were real busy with our teaching, and we had one day to kind of do some touristy stuff. And there was a local Christian friend, an Indian friend, who drove us there. And so guy with a real deep heart for the lost, uh, we had a great talk about some of these things. And he was clearly asking us for our help, not just 1-8 Catalyst, but all of us that were together. And on the other hand, he very readily said, this is a difficult place to do ministry. So if there's one thing that I've done well over the years, it's to be able to take situations where you go, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but hands are open and let's just go. So that's kind of what we're doing right now, because particularly Northern India, you know, really captured my heart because there's actually portions of India that border China you know, where we're working in uh, Bible translation in China is kind of right near there. I mean, it would be kind of a strategically cool place because it's actually New Delhi to the capital of Sichuan, where I, where I go a lot of times, is a place called Chengdu, is only about 1,500 miles away from each other. And so talking to some other friends, some Indian friends that I'd made, they're actually from the far northwest part of India, which is this part that borders China. And they just were salivating. They just were really looking forward to having us involved. And so, yes, please be praying. So there's kind of, that's one of the main things, right? When you go to India, increased persecution, more difficult foreign organizations, but man, the sea of opportunity and the sea of need and all of those people that do not yet know Jesus and, you know, a vast majority of the 2,000 people groups who are yet unreached in India are in the northern half and uh, the southern half of India being much more Christian, much more reached. And so, wow. So you can tell I'm getting excited and getting all fired up. And so that's probably a good chance to let Tom Muller say a few words. So thanks for joining us. And yeah, let's have Tom Muller say a few words and uh, I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. 
China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike at chinaresourcecenter dot org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining me. Actually, I'm just solo here today, which feels kind of weird, quite frankly. But I got to tell you guys something just real quick. If you don't know Tom, I'm sorry. If you don't know Ken Watmore, my host, my co-host, very well. May I just highly recommend that you go visit him on Twitter. He's at at Ken Watmore, which is just the words what and more. W-H-A-T-M-O-R-E. If you're here in uh, anywhere really in the Western U.S., my friend Ken is actually an auto broker by trade. And so you can uh, contact him via Twitter. He can help you. He can ship cars to you. He can, he'll get you the best deal too. A few people at my church that have used him have just been like, yeah, he saved me like two or 3,000. Yeah, this isn't an advertisement for Ken Watmore's auto brokerage, but boy, if you need a car, you know how crummy it is sometimes to have to go buy a car and you know he just makes it really easy. So, And if you're in Denver, he'll actually deliver a car to your, your house. You can drive it for a couple of days. Guys can't really get a good test drive. And so, yeah, get to know Mr. Ken. So India, India, India. So my trip to India was only, I was on the ground only about a week, which is probably my my one regret that I have for being there. Cause you know, once you travel 7,000 miles one way, you kind of want to be there for a while, right? So next time I go, if there is a next time, Lord willing, there will be a next time. <laughs> I just hope and pray that I get to stay a little bit longer because love the food, love the people, loved my time there. And yeah, I kind of got to the end of my trip and thought, you know, I could stay a few more days. No problem. I wasn't ready to go home. So the other side of uh, one of my impressions of India, of course, is that much more than what we see in China, uh, poverty is, I don't want to say rampant. Well, we're close. If we're not at rampant, we're, we're just south of that, right? It is pretty bad. It's pretty t- terrible. And of course, as a, a guy that uh, not only knows Jesus Christ personally, but then a guy who just has a compassion and a heart for those less fortunate, it's a whole nother level there, y'all. It's, it's really something. And so obviously that's been another thing that I've been praying about. Not again, you know, we've never, I've never had any kind of orphanage work or feed the homeless work or educate the homeless or, you know, I've never done anything like that. So that's way outside of my, (laughs) my wheelhouse in some ways. But when you're driving by on your way to an appointment or as we were doing this training and you see literally just in the one short drive by the hundreds people that are, I mean, literally, you know, all they have for their home is just a little tarp that they've got, you know, over there, you know, with a couple of held up by a couple of poles and that's home. And then I come home to my home and which is nothing fancy, but it's still, it's a pretty nice home in comparison. And uh, boy, Lord, just use us to contribute to that because obviously when in a lot of times when you meet felt needs, they, uh, Jesus Christ is just right there, kind of right behind. And so for anyone listening who has a 
a heart for people like that, let me just tell you that India might be, northern India and New Delhi in particular might be a fantastic place for you to do ministry. And so kind of the sister thought I had in addition to that while I was there was just, I mean, I'm trying to, if I could do the math in my head, you know, I would, but you know, we're probably talking about 20 different individuals who approached me in the week that I was there looking for partnership and these are these are these are Indian Christians who had legitimate ministries looking for partnership from the West. And yeah, this could be a much longer conversation, but I've actually been very cautious about that over the last five to ten years. I think part of it is you just learn, right? You don't want to just throw money at a problem. You really do want to try to find strategic ways to be involved and and so literally everything from you know, there's one sweet guy that I met who's just the just the neatest guy took us out to in time one evening and took us out to a school that he had started. It was actually like an after school program that he had started. He actually came from a Muslim background, now a Christian, and uh, he took us out to a place where they um, he was doing an after school program ministering to Muslim kids. Once you minister to their kids, then the parents kind of follow, of course, and then you get a chance to minister to them. The local Muslim imam for that area was kind of a buddy of his, like he'd gotten to know him and tried to really be salt and light to him, was in very good uh, contact, very good uh, relations with him. Man, and you know, for the opportunity, it was like, you know, he's looking for 200 bucks a month or something. And on one hand, you go, yeah. On the other hand, again, without knowing exactly who's being reached. I mean, because as a Christian organization, obviously we want to make sure we're not just doing an after-school program tutoring kids. How does that lead to disciples and followers of Jesus? And so I think when I go back, before I go back, actually, another thing I really need to do is kind of make a, here's the standards that I'm looking, because that actually would be you know, I just mentioned at the beginning of the show how difficult it is for, for Westerners to get involved with the right opportunity and with people who kind of get it, right? They say, hey, I know this is really about making disciples and reaching people, reaching lost people. That could be a financial, small financial partnership may be a good first step because that kind of just gets you involved. That gives you a reason to regularly go back and learn and try to understand and because you know that's the big part of it i think especially for someone like me i know china i've written the book on china literally right many of you know about my book called the chinese puzzle which is kind of the here's what's happening in china 101 type book and so i've literally written the book on you know western involvement in china india is a whole nother deal different culture different language different everything really so that that would would give us an opportunity so again for those that who are listening who may have a heart for india i would just say a there's tons of opportunity be careful because not only because of the government but also because if your only involvement is financial at least for me i want to I want to be involved in more, right? So had a great trip. I hope this has been a uh, an encouragement to some of you. I hope for those that, you know, are either, boy, if you're already involved in China or in India, and in fact, if you're a Westerner living there, 
please know I'm going to be literally, I'm going to be praying for you, if not by name, at least in Lord be with all those who are serving you faithfully in India. For those who have a heart for India and are just kind of wondering, how can I be involved? I'd love to talk and we just kind of visit. I could even then turn you over to people that know way more about India than I do. So you can reach me at Missions Mike on Twitter and uh, would love to do that and would love to stay in touch. If you want to know more about our ministry, 18 Catalysts, course, you can go to 18catalyst.org, and the one and the eight in our name is spelled out in word form, which I tried to do it in uh, number form, and it wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> so it'd be kind of cool to have the one and the eight in number form. But So it's 18catalyst.org. We just got some new things in our online store, some uh, t-shirts that are kind of our Great Commission t-shirts. Go to the store and look at those. All those proceeds go back to 1-8 Catalyst. So hopefully this has been encouragement. Thanks for joining us. And I'll look forward to having you, hopefully with my good friend Ken Watmore, on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. <laughs>